Welcome to the Happy Homeschooler podcast, a digital support group for everyone interested in a learning lifestyle. I'm your host, Holly. I'm your co-host, Melody. Well, hi, Melody. Today we're going to be talking about how you and I both got started in homeschooling, which I think our listeners will find kind of interesting. But first, what have you been up to since we last talked? Well, since we last talked, we've had a huge snowstorm. So (laughs) (laughs) after being hunkered down for a week, it got down to like zero, which is cold for us here in Texas. Uh, And then four days later, it was in the 80s. So we've been out in the yard cleaning up. We had big branches that fell down and just a lot of a lot of plants that didn't make it. So we've been spending a lot of time outside. How about you? Well, yeah, the deep freeze kind of derailed us. And um, we were fortunate because we never lost electricity being that we're on a hospital grid. But we did lose water for about uh, 36 hours. And uh, it was just challenging, and it kind of made me think that there are some things I want to do to prepare for other wild weather that may be coming, whether it's, you know, flooding or cold or I don't know what all. But I just think I'd like to be a little more prepared. And it was very strange to go from uh, zero overnight to highs of 80 within a week. Kind of felt very uh, hard to manage. Like it upset my equilibrium, although I really liked the sunshine right. a lot. <laughs> so my, was son, strange. my son asked me, was asking me about the groundhog and how did the groundhog <laughs> know we were going to have all this winter? And I said, well, the groundhog doesn't know anything. And it's really the calendar. You know, we're in the meteorological season of winter and these things can happen. They just don't usually happen this far south. But yeah, he was a little upset with the groundhog. <laughs> Oh, that's so cute. Yes, that was a, we did not expect that when we did not expect that at all. And like you, we've added to our list of things we might want to do because it's not just winter weather in Texas. We also have possible tornadoes or a lot of flooding and rain. And so sometimes it's like usually a little more prepared, but I wasn't prepared for that. Speaking of not being prepared for things, I wasn't prepared to start homeschooling when I actually got started in homeschooling. What about you? Did you plan to homeschool? Was it something you were thinking about when you uh, began? It was, actually. For for me, our path to homeschool really started back when I was in college. I have a Bachelor of Science in Education, and so I was doing all my coursework and everything, and one of the fellow students in the student teaching class mentioned one day that her neighbor had decided to start homeschooling. And that's the first time I had ever heard of that. And of course it generated quite a bit of discussion. And I didn't really think a lot about it then, except just as a curiosity. But um, before I had children, when I was teaching kindergarten in a wonderful school, it was a wonderful school. We had a low student teacher ratio and really dedicated teachers, it's very supportive, but one of the families withdrew to homeschool. And so I was like, hmm, you know, it just kept popping up along the way. And so um, there were things about my classroom teaching experience where I just kept thinking, this cannot be the best way to educate our kids. And I would come home and tell my husband there must be a better way, or I wonder what adjustments we need to make. And then when my son was born and 1983 and I stayed home with him and 
also was caring for my neighbor's baby and very busy, but the neighborhood ladies, we all got together quite a lot. And then one of those families decided to start homeschooling. And I was talking a whole lot with her because she was picking my brain for ideas and sharing the things that she was finding out. That's when we decided um, to homeschool. And our son was, you know, just a baby then. So for us, it was a plan. It was based on the experience I had in the classroom and all that child development background that I had, because that was my, it was early elementary, you know, and childhood development. Mm -hmm. So we, we had a long runway where I had a long time to look into things and research and figure out what we thought about it and what we wanted to do. So for us, wow. it was a plan. Well, that's wonderful. Um, I'm, I'm a little jealous of people who had that long range forecast um, that that's what they were going to do. What happened for me is I, um, when I started homeschooling, I had four children. My oldest daughter had just completed first grade in public school, and I wasn't completely happy with what was going on for her, but she wasn't the catalyst for our homeschooling journey. It was my second child, um, a little boy, who really never sat down. We had uh, signed up from, for some little mommy and me classes, uh, and he would get up and just run during the class. Uh, and I thought to myself, and especially after having seen what happened in the, in the classrooms at public school, uh, in my daughter's classrooms, that little boys got in a lot of trouble at school. They had a chair in the corner of her classroom that had a sad face on it. And I saw little boys sitting in the sad chair a lot. And I thought to myself, oh, I don't want my son to go to school and feel like he's a bad person. Um, but I didn't want to homeschool either. And there were some families in my church that homeschooled, and they were really nice people. Uh, but I thought to myself, oh, man, I don't want to do that. It's going to be a lot of work. But I couldn't stop thinking about what might happen to my son. And there were some things that happened with my daughter. One of, one of the things that really stood out to me is at the beginning of first grade, the teacher told all of the parents that the kids would be bringing home papers and that we might see misspellings on them that weren't corrected. And that was OK. And I um, I'm a writer and I'm very um, I have very particular ideas about spelling. Mm -hmm. So I asked the teacher, well, when do you start to work with the kids on these things? And I think she said something like fourth grade. And I thought, you're going to let kids spell words wrong for all these years, and then you're going to tell them that's wrong uh, and to start over. And there were there were some discipline problems, and I thought, okay, I don't really want to homeschool. Um, and I talked to my husband. He thought, we'll give it a try. We'll try it for one year. And so I was not prepared, and uh, thankfully I had some people that took me to book fairs, and uh, a friend gave me an Abeka catalog. I started with Abeka because I didn't know any better. And I gathered materials, and we started homeschooling in the summer of 1993. And then I found out I was pregnant with my fifth child, and I thought, oh, this is unbelievable. <laughs> changing our whole life, and we're adding another kid. I don't even know what's going on here. But we, we persevered um, and still homeschooling today. It worked longer than the one year that you thought you were getting into. It did. Well, we took all the kids to a book fair the first year. Um, and they just acted so awful. And my husband was really disappointed in how they behaved. And I was too. When the next year, at the end of the first year of homeschooling, when we added it, we had a baby in a stroller. 
we took the kids to another book fair and they behaved so well. My husband said, oh my gosh, I'm convinced homeschooling is the best thing ever. We should just homeschool forever. That's interesting uh, that you say that. That was the kind of the case, the one mom in the neighborhood that was that the family that decided to homeschool was her children were noticeably happy and well-behaved. And um, I was drawn to find out, you know, how to, what was making the difference between her children and the ones, the other ones that were in the neighborhood. Not that anyone was unruly because we were mostly outside with all of those guys, but there was a noticeable difference. And it was mm-hmm. just that they spent time together and they were, they hadn't started officially homeschooling, but they were living a learning lifestyle and it showed and um, it made such a difference. And then you mentioned the little boys in the classroom. They were a big part of why I kept coming home to say this is just not the best way because they were the ones that needed to be outside running around a little bit or the school day was long. And so in mm-hmm. kindergarten, you have a nap time and some of my little guys just could not wake up. And so the last half of the day, they were not really, not really awake. Oh, yeah. And it just, you know, your heart goes out to them because you want it to be a, such a positive experience. And it was just challenging. So mm-hmm. all of those factors made, made us open our eyes and just start looking into looking into something else another way. Yeah, my daughter um, was having a little bit of trouble um, reading. So they they're big on standardized tests, you know, in public school. And they told us it's so important, you know, she had to take this test and make sure she had a good breakfast, all this stuff. And then when the test results came back, the teacher said, well, it says that she can spell, but she's not a very good reader. And we don't really pay any attention to any of that. And I thought, oh, my goodness, this doesn't make any sense to me. So we started homeschooling in the summer because I wanted to be able to remediate any issues that she had before we started our official second grade curriculum. And mm-hmm. I basically had to teach her to read all over again. Um, there was something she was missing in the classroom setting. And that's the the thing that I've really enjoyed all these years of homeschooling is being able to see what my kids need and then meet that need. Um yes. And see them, uh, you know, see them blossom. Yesterday, we had a really exciting experience. So this isn't then, but but it kind of ties in with then. Um, I had a book that I had for my son to read. I said, oh, we're going to read this book. It's kind of long. We'll probably break it up into a couple of days, a little um, uh, leveled reader. And so um, he was immediately drawn to it because it had a cat on it and it said Scruffy. So I went into the kitchen to do something and he picked up the book. And he started reading it and he sat in the chair. It's the first time he's picked up a book to read on his own. And he sat in a chair and he read the whole book and he was so happy. And he came and told me all about it. Oh, he read the whole thing. He read the whole thing that I thought <laughs> we'd have to break up. And he read it on his own and he was really happy about it. And I, and that in the, you know, in that moment is why I have so much enjoyed homeschooling my kids. Um, to be able to be the one who taught him that skill and then see him get to enjoy using it, that is has been awesome. So I didn't expect that going into homeschooling. I just thought it's going to be a lot of work. And but, you know, I don't want to do it, but I think it's better for my kids. And so um, and also I was scared because it wasn't completely legal when we started homeschooling. Oh, no, how, it wasn't. How did at you all. feel about that? Well, when. When we, let's see, by the time my daughter was born in 19, 
1985. So that whole fight for homeschool freedom was in full swing then. I think that was about the time that the Leaper versus Arlington class action case had just about just started. So it was in the news. It was in the courts because the TEA had initiated prosecutions of homeschooling families. And here we are um, deciding this is what we're going to do. But we we really didn't know because we didn't know if we didn't know which way that was going to go and how the courts were going to decide. And there was really the very real possibility that a truant officer would come knocking on your door or someone would turn someone in because mm -hmm. they felt like they weren't, you know, educating their children. And um, we there were some discussion of like, well, if we're going to do this and the courts don't decide in our favor, are we going to move to somewhere else where homeschooling has, you know, is legal on the books officially? And it was just it's pretty daunting. And of course, back then, we we stayed home during school hours and we went out and did things after school, public school hours. Right. Um, because you just didn't know. The other the other thing that was in our favor is that we had a, an established neighborhood, like seven families on our block. We all knew each other. Um, they knew I was a teacher. It didn't bother them that I homeschooled. They just thought it was weird. And why would you do that when you've got this perfect, <laughs> you know, spending time with your kids all day long? Um, right. But we didn't know. The legal atmosphere was really a little bit scary. It was up in the air. People were in court. And so um, that was daunting. Yes. When I So when I started in 1993, Leaper still hadn't been decided. And for our listeners, um, you know, we're talking about what happened in Texas. And the TEA is the Texas Education Association. And they were really against homeschooling. So there were lots of legal fights. Um, the Leaper decision, I don't think, was handed down until 1994. So when I started homeschooling, I had to tell the school that I was taking a kid out and withdrawing the kid to homeschool which um, meant, you know, we'd already had a paper trail. And so I kept the Texas handbook for homeschoolers on my desk open to the education code in case anybody came. Just to, in case. Right. Just in case. And, um, you know, people like you who didn't ever have kids in the public school system, um, I think it was you were maybe a little more protected only because people didn't know to go look for your kids. But it I was scary so. for everybody. And, um, you know, people did go into hiding or they did get arrested. So um, I remember we were told to do certain things like give our schools a name. And like you said, stay home during school hours. Did your school mm -hmm. have a name? Not in the beginning. At some point, uh, I believe the kids came up with a name. But but like you say, because I didn't have to write it down anywhere and withdraw them from any place, we didn't really officially have a name. Our school, our homeschool now at this point has had several names, and most of them depended on where we were living at the time. Oh sure. Most of my friends, though, I think had names. And then as time went on, we needed something to put on other documents, and so we we were Hearthside Academy for many years. Oh, I like that. Yeah, when we um, when we lived in Austin, and I just had elementary school kids, we were Bright Horizons Christian School. But then when we moved um, further south out of Austin, 
we live in a well we live in an area that has a lot of creeks and the one nearest us is porter creek so we became porter creek academy we're a k-12 through school the funniest story about yes. um, bright horizons christian school my home school that had five little students um, is one time we had to go out during the school day and um Back then, people would ask you all the time, why aren't your kids in school? Yes, nowadays, they would. Yeah, nowadays they say, oh, you must be homeschoolers. But back then, you know, like the microscope was on you. And so this woman said, oh, well, why aren't your children in school today? And I said, oh, you know, they attend a private school. Again, listeners, uh, Texas homeschools are considered private schools. So I said, well, they attend a private school and they're having a teacher work day today, which meant that I had to go grocery shopping. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so the lady said, oh, well, what's their school's name? And I said, oh, it's Bright Horizons Christian School. She said, I think I've heard of that. And I said, oh, well, it has an excellent student to teacher ratio. Oh, it was so amusing. But yeah, we had to be really careful. And, and you know, we, um, I'm sure you did too. If I took my children out in public, like they had to look nice. They couldn't go out. I didn't let my kids go out, you know, in raggedy, play pants or uncombed hair or anything like that because I just felt like you know we didn't want to draw any negative attention to ourselves because we were we were homeschooling we were out in the public eye and you know there just it just was a different time but also I think that it made us all of us homeschoolers really bond together Um, we had a nice active park day and I think the moms uh, and the dads who were homeschooling needed it as much as or more than the kids. And we would trade recipes and curriculum and clothing, you know, I mean, it was a real community. What about you? How did you get through your homeschooling? It, very similar. We, um, for a few years, we were kind of on our own, but because of the one family that uh, kind of introduced us really to homeschooling, uh, that my friend down the street from me, um, we became connected with the Austin area homeschool group, the only one I guess we had at that time, Christian Home Educators of Austin. And through that group, I met so many wonderful families and a lot of those people I'm still in contact with today. And so that was every month there was a meeting and an informational meeting. And so we could go and find out what was happening and keep up to date on what was currently like how the legal case was coming, but also for resources. And Mm -hmm. uh, we joined together with a small group of families and developed a co-op, and that was great fun. And we all learned so many different things because everybody just, you know, had a different set of skills that they would share with the children, and that was good. And it helped to answer our families had questions about socialization and all of those things that everyone is still asking. But... um, Yes, it was really important that we made sure we weren't, you know, all alone in the Mm -hmm. house all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, But we we had a pretty strong community of homeschoolers that was very encouraging. And then the homeschooling magazine of the time, the Teaching Home, was also. I love that. I still have information. I did. (laughs) I have some. That I kept, but that was really helpful just to be connected because this was so long ago. Like we didn't have the internet. There was no social media. It was really paper media and newsletters. And so we stayed connected, but um, basically developing those friendships with some other like-minded people. We were Mm -hmm. the only homeschoolers in our church 
And then when my friend moved away, we were the only homeschoolers on our street, but um, we just kept going. And yes, uh, when I first started homeschooling, there were quite a few homeschool families in that church. But then when I changed churches, we were the only homeschool family, or there was maybe only one or two other ones. Um, so a lot of times, you know, we were just like salmon swimming upstream. But like you said, the different friendships that we've made with other people through these organizations really are what kept us going. Someone you could call if you were having a challenging day mm-hmm. and um, and they would understand because they were going through similar challenges. Yeah. Did you ever consider putting any of your kids into public school at any time? I didn't, but I had one child that was really curious about public school and he wanted to take a certain class that at that point I didn't I did not know him any other alternatives and so we let him enroll for a while and um, he experienced a lot of those things that were very frustrating like uh, you could only go to the restroom at certain times of the day and like you had to go from this campus to the other and it was like a 15 minute walk and you had five minutes to get there and just all of those administrative things that didn't make sense to him like if you are in the classroom but you're not seated when the bell rings that was a an automatic something tardy or something and mm-hmm. just the whole the institutional part of it he loved the class and he mm-hmm. made, was making A's and loved the class but he grew kind of weary of all of the extra things that didn't have anything to do with education mm-hmm. and after a time and it's today I can't quite remember how long he asked if I would withdraw him and so I did. And then he just finished up on his own. But um, So was that high school? That was high school. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was only because he wanted to take a particular course. And so after he realized, like, he couldn't, all of that other stuff was getting in the way of learning what he was, he was there to learn. Right. Um, he just got books and found other ways to, to learn that himself, taught it himself. Uh-huh. So that was our experience it was kind of it was interesting it was a little bit stressful um he had asthma and uh so that was caused by it was triggered by stress and so oh. he there was some increased incidences of asthma where i could tell it wasn't really a good health situation for him oh sure and um you know that was that was challenging but it was that whole thing it was like i don't really want to do that but yes this is coursework that you are really have your heart set on Mm-hmm. And he just wanted to see. So he that satisfied him. And the rest of the family, kind of the other children, you know, after that were like, ah, oh, no thanks. And so <laughs> they, they didn't. But then they did dual enrollment, one of them dual enrollment at the community college, mm-hmm. which was really successful. And that worked better because I think in community college, you're just expected to get yourself to class and do your own work. And My children were used to being responsible for their own learning at that point in time Mm -hmm. in high school. That was a much better, that would have been much better for my son, but um, he certainly learned from that. Well, it's interesting because you had a child who wanted to go to public school for educational reasons. And my oldest daughter wanted to go back to public school for social reasons. And so um, we did let her go in ninth grade. She went ninth grade, then she uh, in half a 10th grade then she came home then she went back and it, it never it was never a good fit for her because she had um undiagnosed learning disabilities that when they were diagnosed 
in public school. Uh, she was 17 and she was not going to stay in public school. So she ended up, we ended up withdrawing her um, with the hope that she would get a GED. Um, but that didn't work out either. And like, like your other children, my other children, we said to them, well, uh, public school's off the table, guys. This is not, mm -hmm. this is not going to work out, but there were other options. Uh, my youngest daughter did dual enrollment and she earned a lot of college credit. My middle daughter did, um, she was very involved in um, extracurricular classes. Like she took chemistry and she took algebra and some things like that. And we were involved in a co-op. So there are lots of ways to meet your kids' needs. And homeschooling has changed a lot. And after the break, we'll talk about how homeschooling has changed and how homeschooling changed us. Our podcast today is sponsored by Transcript Maker. It's an online service that allows you to create professional high school transcripts in the comfort of your own home. You know, Holly, I was just thinking about how uh, we were talking about how homeschooling has changed, but when I started having to create a transcript, we didn't even have a computer. And oh we my were goodness. so low tech with, I mean, pencil and paper and calculators and just like some, some handout I got from somewhere about how to calculate all those scores. I would have loved to have Transcript Maker back then. Oh, I can imagine because when I found Transcript Maker, I did have a computer. And I still was, uh, you know, feeling really trepidatious about trying to create a homeschool transcript using Excel, which is like a foreign language to me. You know, I'm having to use Excel now where I'm teaching for some grading and things. So I'm still learning. It's, it, uh, it's a lot to learn. But fortunately, Transcript Maker offers a 14-day free trial. So people can give it a test drive before they make the commitment. And that is really helpful. That's www.transcriptmaker.com. And not only do they give you a 14-day free trial, but there's a special exclusive code for our listeners that will allow them to get 20% off their subscription if they do make a commitment. And that code is HAPPY, H-A-P-P-Y in all caps. And you know, you'll really be happy if you decide to give Transcript Maker a try transcript maker simply better transcripts all right well um, we've talked about how we got into homeschooling and now i'd like to talk about what we've seen how homeschooling is today versus when we got into it um i am currently homeschooling so i'm actually interacting with a lot of people on the ground so to speak you know going to park days and it's very interesting, some of the changes I'm observing in uh, the homeschooling world. What kind of things are you seeing among the, because you're, would you say most of these homeschoolers now are younger than you are? Or are you finding moms your age? Uh, no, I'm usually the oldest mom at the park, although there are, um, I have met a lot of um, moms, uh, mainly our group consists of moms that come to the park day with their kids that have two families like I do. They have a set of older kids and then they have a set of younger kids. Those uh, those ladies are usually, maybe they're about 10 years younger than I am, but we're kind of have a camaraderie because we've got these split families that we're dealing with. But yeah, generally they're a lot younger and uh, many people who are homeschooling don't know the history of homeschooling in our state. 
And they don't understand how cool it is that they can go anywhere at any time and do what they want with their kids. Um, and so that has been a big change for me, um, if being able to go out in public at all at hours of the day. Yeah. yeah. And having people say, oh, oh, do you homeschool? Well, my neighbor homeschools. I think homeschooling is great. That's mm-hmm. not what it was like when I first got started. Um, now, I know you're not currently homeschooling, but your kids are homeschooling and you work with homeschoolers. What um, changes are you seeing since you were in the homeschooling trenches? Since I was homeschooling. Well, for mm-hmm. one, like you mentioned, that overall, we're just a little bit more normal, more of the norm, more mainstream than when we first started. And I think that people are more comfortable with homeschooling. I don't hear as many people worrying about whether well, or not worrying about the law because it's been established that we're um, absolutely not under the compulsory education code. Mm-hmm. Like that was the big argument. So, and then they have, people have so many more choices than we did. We, um, when we went to the book fair, there were not that many choices in the beginning. I think the first one I went to had 12 vendors. Oh, so wow. that's a big difference from later <laughs> on when you had like, you know, several hundred and they were huge but people have so many choices sometimes that's been helpful and sometimes it makes it harder to decide what to do for us we just had to do the best we could with what we had and uh, some of the things we used we didn't love but they were adequate and so we made Mm -hmm. them work and now people are much more likely to just discard something and move on to something else Um, so curriculums much more available easier to find. Yeah, a lot of it is actually written for homeschoolers. And back when we started, most of it was the curriculum private schools used, Mm -hmm. like Abeka, Bob Jones, those things. Yeah, and they they had a lot of busy work built in that didn't necessarily lend itself to a one-on-one tutorial method of teaching, which is what homeschooling is. Also, you know, technology, like you said, you didn't even have a computer at home. And when we got our first computer um, and we were on the internet, you know, you had dial-up modems and things, uh, <laughs> DOS yes. prompts for your computer programs. It, was, uh, it wasn't that accessible. And I remember going to um, a book fair. Uh, they were collecting our information for the directory, which was uh, something they handed out, right? It was printed mm-hmm. and they handed it out. Yes. And I said to, I don't remember who the publicity person was at the time. And I said, well, y'all should have a field on here for email addresses. And she said, oh, I don't think that's going to be that popular. <laughs> oh, <laughs> so wow. Um, yeah, I, I remember taking a group of homeschool moms. I We had moms night out and I set up one of them to a library where the librarian gave us um, instruction in how to get on the internet and to create an email address and things like that. Like it was that rudimentary. And now, you know, people, people don't even want to get email anywhere. They're like, just text me or, mm-hmm. you know, uh, hit me up on messenger or whatever. Well, and Yahoo groups are gone now. Yeah, so. Yes. Yeah. yeah. A, a lot, lot of, a lot of was... our listeners are saying, um, what is the what Yahoo group? Oh uh, yeah. Way back in the day. But yeah. And so also that technology, though, now people can take classes. You know, that whole remote learning thing has been really beneficial. Uh, My youngest daughter in her last year at homeschooling took a class. It wasn't a live class, but it was something that she accessed on 
online and it was mm -hmm. wonderful. It was a biology class with art interwoven, which was perfect for her. She's an artist. And um, not too long ago, we happened to mention something. We read something somewhere about viruses and she, her ears perked up. She's like, oh, and then she just started telling me all these things that she remembered from that class. And so having technology is just open the doors to you can find a class about anything. Oh, yeah. Well, so last night we had yesterday we had uh, what I, I like to call a golden homeschool day. And, um, you know, any of you who've homeschooled for, you know, a month or two, you have some days where you just want to go hide in a closet. And then you have these other days where like the birds are singing and the sun is shining yes. and everything's. So yesterday rainbow. was our, a rainbow day. And um, we have a Friday, a tradition of watching a movie on Friday night. So we had a hard time deciding what to watch. We tried to watch uh, Muppet Treasure Island, and that didn't really click with Liam. And as we were looking through Disney Plus, I saw that they had a movie called Tall Tale. Well, we've been reading Tall Tales this year. Oh. We've read about Paul Bunyan and Pecos Bill and uh, Johnny Appleseed. And I said, hey, I think we might like this one. And we started watching that, and it was so fun to to take a book we've been reading see the stories brought to life on the screen and then see other things that we saw or read about. Like the movie was set in 1905. So there was an old car, a 1905 open air roadster. And I said, Hey, that looks like the car that toad drove in wind in the willows. And he was like, yes. And then we saw something else. And, and we just, we were just connecting the dots and the technology of being able to stream a movie so easily from home. You know, it just, it just clicked into something we were already doing with a book we we're reading. And I was like, this is awesome. And that did not happen when my kids were younger, because I don't remember standing in Blockbuster looking for a movie and find <laughs> any great literature based things, you know, and while the kids were complaining about standing in Blockbuster. It did, this is so nice. Um, and that's a huge change that technology's brought to us. So that that was fun. And that, that is fun for people now with homeschooling. Um and laws have changed. Like we talked about, we started homeschooling under, like we were, you know, outlaws basically. And um, right, well, which was so different for me. I'm pretty conventional. I'm basically a rule <laughs> follower. And so here we were doing this thing that people were in court over. And right. uh, I'm not sure. Thankfully, my mother was very supportive, and and uh, my husband's family too. And uh, they kept their reservations to themselves. But um, when we started, you know, we didn't know any high school graduates. We didn't know, we didn't know how right. was this going to work, and were were you know people were wanting to know um, would they be able to graduate, and who would they ever mm -hmm. find to marry? And I'm like, I don't oh, yeah. know. He's five years old. I don't know. I'm sure we'll figure <laughs> this out as we come to it. But it was just a big unknown. We we hoped, we had faith in the process, and like for generations before public school people were homeschooled mm -hmm. so like there is a long solid history of success mm -hmm. but I don't know anyone who's already gone ahead we did find those people who had gone ahead and paved the way or or forged a, tra a trail mm -hmm. but um it was really a step out of my comfort zone yeah. to do this and so it's really nice I see people who um, 
are not worried at all. Nobody's worried that they're going to get in trouble somehow because they're homeschooling. Right. So it's just a little bit different approach to some to some things. But yeah. in an, on the other hand, like we were very sure to keep really excellent records and to make sure that our kids were like where they should be academically. Mm-hmm. And um, it it is a little bit like no one's having to worry too much about that. So sometimes I don't know if we're really focused on are we pushing a little bit maybe like too relaxed um kids get there but sometimes I feel like um not knowing what came before people might get just a little too too complacent Mm -hmm. be a little too complacent Mm -hmm. at the same time there are services available if you have children who are struggling that people are more um willing to look into because homeschooling is more mainstream and children are entitled to those services, even if they're not enrolled in those school districts. And so that's been a good thing. That's true. Another thing, you mentioned that your family was supportive. Um, my family was mainly supportive, too. My my mom was really actually very happy that my kids were going to be at home. Um, and she thought it was great. She was really for it. My mother-in-law and my father-in-law really weren't sure what it was we were doing. Um, so we showed them curriculum and we showed them the homeschooling magazines. We didn't have anybody who's actively pushing against us, although um, my sisters-in-law apparently were pretty disdainful of our choices. And it wasn't until uh, my one sister-in-law's daughter went through a full year of kindergarten in public school and it was unsatisfactory that she came to me and said, hey, I want to talk to you about homeschooling. And then all of a sudden, all the grandkids in the family were homeschooled. Well, that was a big difference. And, I, and I'm sure your, your uh, mother-in-law was pleased to be able to have the kiddos a little bit more free with their time to be able to come and see oh, them. Oh, yeah. They got, after wondering if we were going to have books, it became, hey, we want to take a vacation. Can we take one of the kids? Or, hey, we're going to go to Houston for the weekend because my father-in-law worked at NASA. Can we take somebody with us? So... Yeah, they got very uh, they got very into being the grandparents of homeschooled kids because they they could take them places then. Right. Well, and that was one of the things we noticed that they were we were very much more able to choose what we wanted to do with our time. And the grandparents got to see the kids more often because we could go and do things at, you know, off season or other times during the day. So um, what kind of what kind of changes do you feel like you've seen? For your family, like how has homeschooling changed for you over time? And you had five in a group that you homeschooled, and now you're homeschooling only one. Um, how is that different, and how is that the same? Well, um, interestingly enough, um, I am still teaching uh, the same curriculum. Um, I use the Charlotte Mason method, and I follow the Ambleside online curriculum recommendations. So when um, We've started our second go-round, Parenthood 2.0, we like to call it. I had a lot of resources still on my shelf from when I was homeschooling my other children. And so um, I spend maybe a little less time, but not that much less time teaching one child versus teaching the five. Because a lot of what we did with our Ampleside online curriculum was whole family centered you know we read some books out loud we did uh, activities out loud and then the older children would go and do their own individual work 
So I think probably then I spent maybe three, three and a half hours of instructional time with uh, with all the kids as a group. And yesterday, actually this week, I was kind of timing how long we were taking to get Liam's studies done. And it's about two hours and he's in second grade. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's a little different with one kid because we don't have as many interruptions where, oh, you know, <laughs> yeah, when you have so many kids, but he has his own interruptions, you know, he, he wants to go to the bathroom or get a snack. He really likes to eat. Um, or he feels like he, he, maybe he wants to go outside for a minute, you know, and get some, some energy out. But yeah, generally, I think it's a little more efficient with one kid. Um, and I'm older, so I think that I might be a little more patient um, because I've seen the whole gamut, you know, from the start of kids till they're adults. So I'm not, this is not new to me and his developmental needs and things are not new to me. So I think that in some ways, um, I'm a better teacher now than I was when my other kids were young. What about you? I was going to say, I think in my family, because I have seven children, and so they're stretched out over a fairly large span of years. And I know that by the time my younger two or three children were coming up into middle school and high school, I knew what was really important and what really mattered. And there were other small things that might have freaked me out in the beginning that I could just ride the wave. I knew it would be fine. I knew things that were We'd already gone through things with the older ones. And so I think I had a little more calm about things. I also just had a more long-term vision for mm -hmm. where we were going and why we were doing this thing. It was definitely a solid foundation. And so, you know, just a whole lot more ability to, to go with the flow and not get concerned about things that don't matter ultimately. But you don't know that in the beginning. Right. And then we had other things going on, you know, some some life challenges came up, um, health challenges in my husband and just different things so that I had to find better ways to do things and mm -hmm. drop some things that were, I mean, homeschool curriculums do have some busy work in there also. And so it was just at that point, we had a little more streamlined approach and they took over more of their learning at an earlier age, I think, than the older ones did. But um it's just been a real good journey with the the whole family. We just, I love that we have really deep relationships. And I've had the chance to study things over and over again, like, you know, mm -hmm. algebra seven extra times. And so there are some <laughs> things that are like, oh, I really have a good grasp of some things. Or just a different perspective on history with the youngest than I did with the oldest. And um, now I get to work with young homeschoolers families like they're involved in our it's like a hybrid so they're homeschooling but they've farmed out some of the classes and so mm -hmm. I can see in these families how they're doing such a good job teaching their children and like they're focused on things like character and mm -hmm. doing the best you can and have high standards and it carries over into the work that these children are doing for me it's just that I've like lifted off a little bit of the grading burden or the planning burden from the parents um, mm -hmm. but I get to meet these great families and be with these really really charming young people and I'm I'm loving that that I'm kind of on the other side now but yeah, I, um, I remember um, 
you and I talking when we were at my academy about how much we could enjoy these children that came for these enrichment classes or these academic classes because we didn't have the responsibility of making sure they turned out well. We just got <laughs> to enjoy them. And that's right. the fun part about working with homeschoolers versus homing, homeschooling, you know, your own kids. Because for a little period of time, my youngest had graduated, uh, my youngest daughter had graduated, and Liam wasn't ready for school. So I had a little break in there of the responsibility of lesson planning and, and you know, making sure that these educational objectives were uh, being worked on and all that. And it was a lot of fun to just enjoy somebody's kid without the responsibility of making sure they got their homework done or brush their teeth or any of those things. So, uh, yeah, working with homeschoolers is very rewarding. And those kids, um, they really enjoy learning which I had some teachers at, at our academy tell me who only taught in the public school but had retired. And they said, this is real refreshing. These kids like learning. Well, that's and I, good. And I think that, you know, homeschooling has changed, changed the lives of those teachers who came to work for us. And homeschooling has changed our lives. How did homeschooling change your life? Oh, I think that for our family, um, it broadened my horizons, for one, because we got the chance to really learn uh, from source material or we learned how to research and it put the focus on learning how to learn. Mm -hmm. And so um, we got to really do deep dives and learn about things that fascinated us and meet people that I would not have met if I had not hung school because it it expanded, you know, the community because it was people from all over that were coming together from different parts of the town, from different churches, different lifestyles. And we all got to meet and we had a common uh, common thread, like we wanted the best for our children and we wanted to know how can we help each other. And so it really did change probably who we are and, and as a way to support my children in their individual interests, because we're not, we're not like cookie cutters. Everybody's got their different strengths and we were able to develop our homeschool curriculum so that it would complement their strengths and support them as they launched into different areas of um, different businesses that they went into. They just have a lot more confidence, I think, as young people than I did early on. They, they know what they're about, they know what they know, they know how to learn something if they find out we didn't learn it and they're they're bold in a way that I wasn't. And I think that homeschooling has probably contributed to that. Yeah, I think that's a really good point. Um, I know that for myself, I feel like I learned a lot that and I went to what I would consider a really excellent public school. But I feel like I, I learned a lot of things that either I wasn't ready to learn, you know, in, in public school. You have to learn certain things on a certain timetable. You got four years. You got to get in and get out. And you have to learn these things in rapid succession. And math was always a little bit of a struggle for me because we'd moved a bunch and I'd missed a chunk of algebra. And it was hard for me to put that piece back in to the picture. But homeschooling my kids actually helped me to understand a lot of the things in math. And I didn't take geometry. I think I took it for six weeks and I thought the teacher was speaking um, some unintelligible language, 
But when I homeschooled my kids, I got a chance to revisit those topics and find out, you know, of course I had the answer key. Um, and so it, it helped me to see the other side of these uh, scary math things. But the other thing that um, I feel that homeschooling gave to me was that I really, really knew my kids. And I remember one day my mom uh, said to me, you know, you know your kids in a way that I never knew you girls. And that really stood out for me. And because of the fact that I was with my kids and they had these different interests, you know, I went down those paths with them. So when my, uh, my middle son wanted to go into Kung Fu, I was there and I would see what he was doing and he would show me some of the forms. When my oldest daughter was interested in dance, she taught me the dances and I did the dances with her, you know, like. I got involved in whatever it is that my kids got involved in, and they weren't embarrassed to be to be doing things with me because it was normal. And I remember seeing some people whose kids were in public school. They didn't want their parents to hug them in public, and they didn't want their parents to do certain things because it was super embarrassing. Um, but my kids, even when they were older in co-op, would give me a hug before they went up to their co-op class or something. So I think it just, it helped us to develop really close relationships. And my kids today are some of my best friends, my adult kids. Isn't that fun? It is. Yeah. It's a real blessing. So um, I think that homeschooling changes us also in that um, we have to set aside some things that we might have thought were important. It kind of clarifies, you know, where you want to spend your time and energy. So I think that that really helped me in that respect. Cause I was, I don't think I was really focused. I started having kids when I was really young and I don't think I had a real good focus of what I wanted to do with my life. And I think homeschooling helped me in that respect too. I like to write and I like to mentor and I always wanted to have a career in media and now looky here I am, you know, <laughs> podcasting and writing content and mentoring homeschoolers. And so I think that homeschooling gave my life some definition that I didn't have before I started. Very nice. I think that's, that's so true. Just gives us a, a bigger picture and then things come along and you don't expect them and you end up like you ended up in your ultimate, what was your goal, but probably not in the route that you expected. it. Oh, definitely not very, a very uh, non-linear path. <laughs> At this time in our podcast, we tackle the big question that we're seeing in all of our different homeschool groups. Melody, do we have a big question today? Yes, we do. We've seen people wanting to know how to find social activities for their children right now. They've been, especially among new people who are new to homeschooling because of the school closures, and the children are at home and they are missing that social activity. So what kind of suggestions do you have for finding social outlets for your children? Okay, well, I'm going to preface all my comments by saying that <clears throat> the CDC has recommendations on what is safe and um, everybody has their own comfort level. So the things that we're talking about are not necessarily um, things that you will want to do, but they're suggestions and you have to decide on your own if they fit your needs. Um, for me, we have felt comfortable doing outside activities. So we've limited ourselves to getting outside uh, to go to parks or to socialize with, we have a small group of friends and we've been socializing, um, you know, in our front yard, 
being spread out around the fire pit or um, being spread out under a nice uh, canopy while the kids play with a sprinkler or something like that. So um, those are, and those are really great activities that are low commitment activities. You don't have to sign up for anything. And it's just a good gentle way to meet other homeschoolers. Like when we go to the park, we all, <clears throat> excuse me, we all stand, you know, at some distance from each other while we're visiting. Um, but it's just nice to be able to stand outside, watch the kids run and play and talk about how was your week and what are you doing with your school materials and things like that. Um, but there are other ways to meet social needs that are not necessarily in person, face to face. Right. Such as, um, you know, Zoom meetings. Mm -hmm. or... uh, there are some, you can take some online classes, like for fun. Mm -hmm. I saw some kids doing, like everybody was painting, and it was a birthday party, and the, the mom sent paint supplies to all the children that were invited, and then they all got on a little Zoom meeting, and they all painted together, um, kind of a, a cross between a class and a, and a party. What a marvelous uh, idea. I thought that would have been real. I'd like to do that with some of my friends. Well, actually, but, you know what? We, we're doing that um, with my church group. I should invite you. We, we just did a painting. We all, we all had our canvas, and uh, we were on Zoom, and we went through the thing, and it was super fun, and, and that was a great social activity. There's also stuff like um, out school where you can pay as little as $10 a class, and your kid can be in a class with other kids. It's only for kids like from ages 3 to 18. Um, so they can do certain classes, uh, all kinds of stuff that, that I saw in there. Very interesting. You can also get a tutor for your kid. That's kind of an aside, but I thought that right. was cool. But good, good to know. And I know like for people who are coming and, and like their child, they're coming out of a public school situation and maybe they're not going to homeschool indefinitely, but you could reach out to the other parent because probably the other children are feeling that too. It would be fine to contact some of the other parents and see if they could find a way to arrange some kind of an activity so um, children aren't feeling all alone. But I know that's that's part of it. When For a little bit of the time that we homeschooled, we lived in a really rural area, so remote, and um, there weren't any other kiddos close by. And so my I know that sometimes for my more social kids, they were a little bit lonely some of the times. Of course, they had a we were a big family, so you, you had other people around you couldn't be lonely for long, but we, you do want to find some friends for your kiddos. I understand that, that question of how do I find something to do right now while everything is, feels like it's not as open. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And a, and a lot of co-ops weren't opening up to accept new members because they had created a pod. So right. yeah. Um, but you yeah, might I, be able to find some people who are uh, willing to, to form a pod for the, you know, that's that whole thing. We're doing what we can for our children. And so depending on where you live and how healthy everybody is and how comfortable everybody is, you might be able to find someone yes. in your community. And use your homeschool your groups too. Mm -hmm. you know, reach out in your homeschool groups. And, um, and that's like, I, I know there are a couple, some really creative things. Like there's uh, somebody in my county that has a farm and they, um, welcome people to come to their farm and to be outside and feed the animals. And they only allow, um, you know, only a very small group of people, like a family or two families that are, are interacting together already. So yeah, reach out and ask 
people what's available. Again, homeschoolers are so generous with their information and, and follow the guidelines that, um, that, you know, you have a comfort level with and you'll find something and, um, and don't give up until you find something, but you will, you will find something that's suitable for you and your family. If you have any questions or comments for us, please email us at happyhomeschoolpod at gmail.com. Reach out to us on Twitter at underscore homeschoolpod. Or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash happyhomeschoolpod. Or on Instagram, instagram.com slash happyhomeschoolpod. Thank you for joining us today. I'm Holly. I'm Melody. Happy, Happy homeschooling. homeschooling. Hi, this is your host, Holly williams Arbaugh. Thank you for listening to the Happy Homeschooler Podcast, a transcript maker production. My co-host is Melody Gillum. This episode was produced by Matthew Bass and edited by Nora Williams. Our graphic design is by Pete Soloway, and our music is by The Great Pangolin. You can find her music on YouTube and Twitter at Kylie Wins. That's K-A-I-L-E-Y Wins. If you'd like to help our podcast grow, Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Or as always, tell people about us.